0: It's been a little different in terms of writing, but.
1: She gently fondled the notebooks. <laughs> she,
0: she, <laughs> she gently stroked the cover of the notebook.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode 108 of the Erasable Podcast. This episode is sponsored by InDefensive Paper, once again, making high-quality notebooks sourced and manufactured in the U.S. Visit InDefensivePaper.com slash Erasable to check them out and use coupon code ERASABLE to save, save $5 off your purchase. I'm Andy Wellfle, signing in from the last week of National Novel Writing Month. Uh, tonight, I'm broadcasting with my steadfastly noveling co-host, Johnny Gamber. And we are joined by, mm-hmm. um, by somebody who is a good friend of the show, no doubt you'd know um, – uh, Les Harper from the RSVP podcast, who uh, may I just say, has already completed her fifty thousand words um, a week ahead of schedule um, by like well, well before the end of November, no less. Hey Les, how are you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you guys doing?
1: Very good. Congratulations. Thank you. I, I bow to you, <laughs> Johnny.
2: Where are you at? I am um, like a day's words. I mean, one day's worth of words ahead. Okay. So nice. this week I can start taking it easy.
1: So you're nice. you're kind of like you know, following up close behind. Yeah, uh, I'll probably hit forty five tonight if nice. I write a little more. Very cool. So we're um, we're going to dig into that later. Um, I have a lot of kind of like interesting process questions for D. Um, so, sorry, not D. Less <laughs> different RSVP host. I have no idea what I just did there. Uh, Less. <laughs> I have a lot of interesting pro- process questions for you, uh, just because you you've been so um, you've been so good about like posting like your word count and kind of like using the community to kind of like hold you accountable for doing that which is which is interesting um so yeah we uh we're going to get there uh but first let's jump into some of the tools of the trade um les what are you consuming and what are you writing with and on
0: so i am currently consuming a decaf chai it's uh I and I had didn't add any milk to it and I'm kinda of kicking myself for that right now because it's not that creamy chai taste, but the spice is just right. It's a nice winter warming kind of tea. And uh I'm I'm still ashamed to admit that I am watching the newly rebooted Charmed on the CW. <laughs> well
1: after your your raving review of that uh of Charmed on the latest RSVP, I'm like
0: well, but I also like pointed out that it was crappy. Yeah, <laughs> so,
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, exactly. It's so bad, It's exactly. So bad. But I can't help it. Like it's just, like witches and magic and all like drama. It, so I can't help it.
1: I love that there uh, are like women of color. Like they're all women of color, right?
0: Yes, and one yeah. of them is a lesbian. I'm totally yeah. queer baited into watching it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm digging that. Um, and I am writing with a blue black. Uniball Signo DX 0.38 and a Story Supply Company Morning Notebook. Have you guys Ooh. seen those?
1: Oh yeah, those are pretty.
0: Yeah, cool. oh, uh, Vito sent
2: good. us some, I think.
0: So gorgeous. He sent me a pack, and yeah. I can't like I can't stop fondling them. Like they feel so good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> this is an After Dark episode, is it? Yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna go st- th- straight, straight after Dark.
1: <sighs> <laughs> funneling funneling notebooks, that's our title of the show. <laughs> uh, oh,
0: what awesome. about you, Johnny?
2: Um so it being National Novel Writing Month, the only thing I'm consuming is Poldark. And um more coffee than I will admit to. Is
1: this is this like your <laughs> second time through with dark Because I feel like you've watched a lot of Pull dark.
2: Yeah, we started over and then um now we're binging season four which means we're gonna have to watch it again next year because <laughs> like i mean there were plot lines and characters and babies and like whoa i'm glad i watched this i did not remember any of this yeah and you know that's the kind of show where you've got to kind of have in your head the difference between the old wigged white guys
3: <laughs>
1: to like keep one from the other yeah I yeah so I finally, I finally got over my my what is it called the putrid throat or what what is that? <laughs> what is it so Dwight Ennis, aka Shaved Tim.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. We talked about that last year. He, I think he looks like Tim. Uh-huh. My the beard. We did. In fact, there's that one episode where, or there's a few episodes where he has a beard when he's a um, French prisoner. Spoiler alert: um, where he really looks like Tim. Like oh my god! But his voice isn't <laughs> as deep or silky. Nobody's is. Yeah. <laughs> and um so uh someone I don't he used to be in our Facebook group named J- Josiah keen in Utah sent me a message the other day asking if I wanted to purchase um half a dozen of the blue dipped Palomino hbs To which the answer mm. is hell yes. So they came today and that's I'm ready with one of those. Nice. Which is super fragrant, and I write notepads and company Keats on autumn book that I'll talk about more later hmm. yeah, I bet you, Andy
1: um I am currently consuming because i'm a dirty hipster, a lemon lacroix um although I'm not so hipster as to say lacroix <laughs> it's,
0: <laughs> La it's from
1: lacroix wisconsin people <laughs> yeah uh, it,
0: it's it, yeah lacroix, yeah <laughs> right mm.
1: yeah um it's pretty good it's uh it's uh, it's, uh, it's Super ubiquitous in like tech company offices, and I'm holed up in a conference room at work. So, this was the the flavor that I went for today. Um, and um, we just finished over the Thanksgiving weekend. Um, have either of you watched or heard of the Romanoffs?
3: I've heard Ooh, of I it, and it. And haven't watched well.
1: it. Yeah, it's um, it's really so. Uh, Matthew Weiner, who is the creator of Mad Men, um, made a six no eight part mini series for Amazon Prime Video. Um, that's basically about They're disjointed stories that are just unified by the idea that like one of the characters or some of the characters are descended from the the Russian royal family, the Romanovs, and they play varying levels of importance in each of the stories, but they're just these little vignettes and really it felt like, um, uh, Matthew Weiner just wanted like an excuse to produce like eight short films because each of them are an hour and a half long and they're really good. They have a lot of the characters that you know and love from television. Um uh both uh the people who played Roger Sterling and Joan from Mad Men are in different stories and um and just a just a bunch of people. They're really they're all really good. Um but oh, d- yeah. and two
2: people who played Hemingway, Jack Houston and uh Corey Stahl.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're it's awesome. a, It's really good. They're um they connect very loosely to each other, but they're And you you learn a little bit of history, too. Like, you learn about, like, how, in fact, like, there are lots of descendants nowadays that are descended from the Romanovs. Um, You learn a little bit of, like, you know, their story, how they were kind of rounded up by the Bolsheviks and just all killed. And you learn about Rasputin and just, like, you know, fascinating in general. But it's a a good series. Um, Yeah, so other than that, we've been just, yeah, watching... Random pieces of television. We, we finished The Durls in Corfu, which we talked about last episode, I think. Um, yeah, and I am writing, um, <laughs> because I'm ill-prepared, I'm writing with a uh, Blackwing pencil on one of those, like, three-by-five Post-its that have lines on it, which is my favorite Post-it.
0: Those are the best Post-its ever. Wait,
1: no, so good. You just said Blackwing. What Blackwing?
0: Oh, the just a, um,
1: just a 602 that I have in my in my hand ah uh, yeah why just a 602
2: like just 10 years ago i'd be like just well, a 602
3: i know
1: this is this is my like stationary privilege talking but
3: like,
1: you know just a basic black ring i'm i'm over it whatever but, i'm like are you like
2: writing with a 211
1: and you don't want to say yeah <laughs> I have my secret secret horde of two elevens that I break out break out. No, this, <laughs> this is my uh my six oh two that I um I put on the five thirty Feral on to make it look like a you know pre-1950s Blackwing um that I just keep with Ooh, my nice. my confidant all the time. Um I uh yeah, I just wrote on a Blackwing because I started scribbling some show notes there and i am just started to or just decided to keep on keeping timestamps there. All right. Um should we jump into fresh points? Um sure. Les, do you want to do you want to go over some of your fresh points?
0: Sure. Yeah. Um so I I don't know if you guys are into bullet journaling or not or if you've heard <gasps> about this.
3: Yes, Rider I have a Carole, copy of it.
0: Yeah, Ryder Carroll came out with the bur- bullet journal method mm. and I so I I don't I I'm Sure you guys have listened to the last couple of episodes of RSVP. Yeah. I am a huge user of my local library network, so
1: yeah, oh, I've been following your trials and tribulations of
0: oh, God, the, <laughs> my librarian uh-huh. um, but like the really good thing <laughs> is that my local library if you have a card to your local library, you also have a card that works electronically, so for ebooks with mm. A lot of the other library networks in the state of Massachusetts, so there are eight networks that I can network into oh wow, <laughs> so it's very complicated, so. Yeah. But that means that there are literally I think fifty or sixty libraries that I have access to via my one card
3: nice, which
0: is amazing, and using Libby to access all of that, if you get into like nerdy library apps, yeah. um, Libby is fabulous at being able to find all the stuff, so um
1: it took me forever I, to understand how to use Libby because it has a very like opaque UI, but like once I did yeah once I did, I just use it all the time.
0: Same. Yeah. Um, so I had signed up to get the bullet journal method from one of the local libraries. Only one of them had it in ebook format, and I was like the sixtieth person on the list. And then their three libraries, local, had it in hardback format. And it was a six-month wait, so I, you know, posted a picture of my six-month wait in Libby, and uh, Harry Marks of Covered said, "Well, what are you? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for a paper copy for six months or an ebook copy?" And I said, uh, "Either or," and he sent me the gift of reading for Christmas. Nice, Harry. which was fabulous. So a very oh. awesome gift. Yeah. Um, but I've been digging deep into this book. And if either of you get a chance to read it, it's so good. Um, how and not
1: how how much of this may be a loaded question. How how much of writer Carroll's personality is in this book?
0: Um, well, I don't know. I, I you know I've only listened to a couple of podcasts with him in it, so yeah. I don't I don't think I know enough about him. Okay, it's. The book itself is very concise. He has a very spare writing style. Yeah. Okay. That I like. It does come across in some spots as a little self-helpy. Mm. So that might turn some people off. Uh, it also is you can see a lot of getting things done within the bullet journal method, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. That was actually my next question: Is had you read uh, David Allen's book "Getting Things Done," which clearly you have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I
0: did a I did a uh, blow-by-blow readout of it on the RSVP Facebook page. Oh, yes. So it,
1: yes, I remember that.
0: <laughs> it included a lot of my rage at being a du- a, the dude-bro-ness oh, of it.
3: yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and actually, Dee and I, in the next episode that's coming out this Wednesday of RSVP, I got my wife to read it. So my wife has ADHD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, I was thinking, well, you know, maybe getting things done would help you get organized because definitely it's something that's helped me be organized despite the tone of the book. And uh, I'll let people listen to RSVP because I talk about it a little bit. My wife's like, I don't think I like this guy (laughs) (laughs) about um, getting things done because he narrates his own version of it. And it's a very over the top. She's like, it's like listening to my dad read a book to me and that's uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I originally asked about the bullet journal method. Like I, first time I like heard something with writer Carol, it felt very, very GTD to me just because he, you know, it's not just like this productivity method. It's like, and like you, you can just like take over your life and it can be like to really get into it. You should just like jump in and he just like goes into it. Just so deep. And, I prefer to, like, organize my – like, with GTD, I like to organize my bullet journaling in just a very kind of, like, loose, personalized way that works for me that, like, would make make somebody like him mad. (laughs) So,
3: (laughs) yeah.
0: I think um, what I like about the book is that it does leave it open for that. Like, it does suggest, say, start with this, start with the basics, and then pick and choose what you like.
1: Okay, cool.
0: So it's definitely, it's a good read, particularly if you need like a little kick in the seat of the pants to get you motivated in do, doing something organizational. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: so I do, I I do like it. I'm going to, I'm planning on doing a full uh, review of it at some point. So nice. um, to
3: that.
0: it's definitely something people, if you're interested in getting things done or organizational stuff, people should definitely pick it up.
3: Cool.
2: I have a copy for when NaNoWriMo's done.
1: Oh, the and bullet journal
2: t- nice. Yeah, I totally bought the one that comes with the stealth version of the bullet journal journal too. Is it a Loic term? Because I'm that guy. Yeah, it's a it's a term that has um like black gilding on the edges of the pages. Nice. Which, is, which sounds kinda like eh, but when you see it you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so the other thing is what did you guys think of the Baron Fig blackout bags and everything coming in black now?
1: I yeah that I'm, I'm glad we're talking about that I like the thing that interests me which is like almost all the time what interests me about Baron Fig is the black confidant I'm mm-hmm. so glad that exists it's been something I've been wanting for a long time um and the rest of the stuff like the the blackout bag is like pretty cool but like yeah, the rest of it's like cool it's in black now that's awesome but yeah yeah no black pencil I want a black pencil
0: no yeah. no black pencil
1: yeah, that, it'll still look really nice with the original archers, just because I think those grays will go Ooh, yeah. very will go very well. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think Hagen said it best in some group or another um, that like like we have a feeling that they like you know the archers aren't like super high sellers, and they probably had to order such big minimums that it's going to be a while before they run out of of these archers.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. for sure. But yeah, I'm. I'm. I love that black confidant. I'm pr- probably going to get one pretty soon because I definitely don't have enough confidants.
3: Mm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the other thing that I thought that was really interesting that they kind of rolled out at the same time and kind of quietly is that their bags are waterproof now.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I,
0: it's it seems like a really strange thing to roll out super quietly
1: especially like i i feel like i've been sh- sort of like shouting into the sky about this for a long time like that was the main reason why i don't use my 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 like slimline backpack is because you know it's not doesn't rain a lot in san francisco but it, when it rains it rains and <laughs> i can't have it like soaking through and getting everything wet and mm. i appreciate that yeah that it is waterproof and when i said something in the bear fig group joy was like oh hey t- take a look at this i was like great this should have been like your title feature for these new bags right like
0: <laughs> i agree yeah. yeah
1: but yeah i'm um i've been thinking about like that that new slimline backpack and i can't remember did we talk last episode about the satchel no yeah um les what do you think of that satchel
0: I you know I'm not a big you mean the little tiny mini backpack thing Um, meh yeah (laughs) I I don't really have a lot of thoughts on it because it's too tiny it's it looks like a purse to me and I I have other bags that fit that sort of um, spot if you will I have man purses that fulfill that (laughs) Um, and I don't like crossbody. bags that sit in that way it just i know for okay first i'm just gonna say it it's not it's probably not gonna fit a fat person and i'm a fat person and it's probably gonna look ridiculous sitting on my fat back
1: so Mm
3: -hmm.
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i i feel like i would have been real into it if it was like a messenger style bag Mm -hmm. Um, and have you seen the satchel johnny no, I missed it somehow it's their um it's their new form factor um of a bag and it f- has enough room to fit like you know a notebook and like a tablet and some like basically like a day like a city day bag kind of a kind of a deal um couldn't really put like a laptop in there probably but enough to
0: no like, they've they've said flat out it won't fit a laptop
1: yeah oh um, that's cute yeah it's cute i, and mean. I yeah the the si- I really like the size because i i have a i have a bag that I'm kind of looking to replace that's of that, like f- that size, but I definitely like really want a messenger style bag rather than that crossbody thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I have, I have 5 Timbuktu Timbuk2 bags. I have
3: a
2: clear
1: <laughs> preference you, and I j- like waterproofing. Johnny, you need to come out here and come to the, um, the factory.
2: That uh, would be awesome. Two of mine came from there. Yeah. But had- I'm still in diaper bag mode, so uh. <laughs> <I'm> tied up,
1: <laughs> yeah. but I have a Timbuktu 2 diaper bag. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, big fan of that, of Baron Fig Bags. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
0: Um, So my last fresh point is uh, the RSVP sticker sale.
3: Yay! And
0: uh, I just wanted to thank you guys for mentioning it on your show. We're doing really well. We are – so I have, I think, 80 sets left, Hmm. and um, Lenore has – a bunch squirreled away we're planning on sending some people out to um some packages from lenore's place um but yeah you know like people have been buying them up and i'm so surprised at how large the orders have been like i expected (laughs) people to order like one package or two packages but and i threw the 10 pack up there just as kind of a joke
3: Uh uh-huh
0: and people have been ordering it so yeah (laughs) um that's been pretty awesome
1: i ordered stickers yeah, I ordered eight of them and I, I really love that um, you didn't just like you know whip something up in like Photoshop and send it off to Sticker Mule. Like you like had these designs and like letter them. So I love how yeah, you Yeah, that's there.
3: all
0: Lenore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Lenore. These are these are awesome. I Yeah, I was telling Lenore my kids took a lot of them and stuck them places. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
3: not they surprised. Liked them.
1: My my computer took a uh, took a took a crap on me, and I'm using a loaner computer right now from work. And once I get mine mm-hmm. back, I'm gonna find a find a good spot for that. Nice. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the B one is my favorite.
0: That's what a lot of people are saying. Yeah, I really enjoy the um, the inkwell. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's one good. of my favorites that's fun too. But the B the B in orange, or there was this like deep dark navy blue that almost looked like black. The yeah, mm.
1: yeah,
0: so good. <laughs> Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's uh, the park. it's going to a good cause. I, I understand you have placed uh, some microphone orders.
0: We have, yeah, we've got we've got some microphones on order, and uh, I think it's going to improve the sound quality. It's certainly at least you won't um, you won't hear my neighbors as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear, the minute I turn on my microphone, my neighbors like gun their engines and do laps <laughs> around the block, and one dude will stand out on his front stoop, smoking a cigarette, talking on his phone, blankety blank
3: blank blank.
0: See, I. Hey! Fu-
1: I find it like just an extra, just like good subplot of RSVP. I
0: RSVP. <laughs> hey guys, we got to stop for my neighbors. They're having a conversation outside my window again. Neighbor update.
2: Let's get some water balloons or a Nerf gun.
0: Or, oh hey, I'm pretty sure my neighbors are selling oxy out there. Great.
1: Be right back. Gotta
0: make a purchase. <laughs> oh god, no. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to function. <laughs> You wouldn't see me for days. <laughs> uh,
3: cool. Um.
0: Anyhow. Yeah. Johnny, what about you? What are your fresh <laughs> points? Let's, let's talk about so, oxy, Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Well, Johnny, and I think our neighbors might be interchangeable. They're all dealing oxy anyway.
2: <laughs> oh my god! When I was in Hamden. My um, my neighbor bragged. He was
3: like, yeah, "I smoke marijuana every day. I'm
2: damn proud of it." <laughs> like nobody that smokes it every day calls it marijuana.
0: <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> like you're uptight. You don't smoke that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um
0: neighbor does so, everyday. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: now no, it's now it's, it's recreational there, right? People.
0: Yeah, it's it's legal here.
3: Yeah. What? We
0: had there's a big uh there's a big uh, I I know it made national news in a couple of places, but they opened a dispensary somewhere not far from me and they had a 2,000 person yeah le- like waiting line. Uh, actually, it was longer than that. They had to turn people away. Yeah. They sold like two hundred and forty thousand dollars of rec- recreational weed. Yeah. in a couple of hours. Wow! Wow! Yeah. They had to close down the shop.
1: Yeah. No, California. We we went recreational in um, earlier this year, and it was like that too. It was just like lines and lines and lines. Yeah. Not that I would know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm told. Yeah. Well, it's perfectly legal. Go ahead. Yeah, it's true. Right. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: um, my fresh points are on notebooks related. Uh, right, Novapads had a, it wasn't a seasonal release, but it was a set of notebooks dedicated to John Keats's ode um, to autumn, but they came out like last week. <laughs> was it last week or just two weeks at, ago? Just at the end of autumn. Yeah, so I'm using them now the best I can before December starts. But um, they're off the website. They sold out really, really fast, like the Thoreau books did. But these have um, the perfect, or the, help me, saddle stitching. Yeah. And um, graph paper, like the Sakura. So, like, you know, inside they're a functional, beautiful notebook. Outside, there's a gold leaf, leaf, and it says to Autumn, and a piece, a picture of Kate Keats on the back. So that's – those are really freaking cool. Mm-hmm. These are the coolest autumn book anyone's put out since Shenandoah.
1: Uh, no offense. Oh.
3: <laughs> do Miss you, Shenandoah.
1: Do you, Johnny, do you, do you think that um, Chris is ever going to go back to the Perfect Bound notebooks? I don't know because people seem to really like the staples. Yeah.
3: I, don't I like wonder if it's
1: printing. cheaper. Yeah.
2: Like I I like it. If I had to pick, I, I'd like the staples better. Yeah. Hmm. And I like the form factor of these because they're, you know, the pages are wider because they were doing the perfect bound and they kept that dimension, but now it's staple bound. So you open it up, you're like, wow, that's a lot of room.
3: Yeah.
1: See, mm-hmm. see, to me, I think that, um, I think I really like the, the pure bound, but just because like, like they served a different purpose. Like if you want something that will just, was indestructible and just like wouldn't like, you know, fall apart, you had the right notepads and then if you wanted something that was a little bit more flexible and a little bit like lighter weight or whatever you had field notes or barren fig or, uh, l- notebooks made by less. Um, <laughs> but now like everybody is saddle stitched and yeah, I, it, it's fine. He, he still makes really beautiful notebooks. Those, those Keats notebooks are really, really nice looking. Yeah. I got like, I knew that they didn't make a lot of them,
2: so I didn't buy a lot. And now I really wish I did. Yeah. <laughs> when they just had a big sale for, um, you yeah. know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend. I didn't buy anything. I was a good boy because I just bought a bunch of <laughs> Their them.
0: Their sales were amazing. Yeah,
2: yeah. It was like buy one get one free for um, limited editions. That's sick. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, and so, oh yeah, my other notebook, um, Fresh Point, is related to Blackwing. Um, they sort of quietly put out. Um, their series of notebooks in gray to match the 602 and the, um, the summit and the slate have a pink bookmark, which is super dead sexy. Yeah. I saw <laughs> one at um, at Bob slate when I was up there last month and um, Bob slate really marked it up. I was like, okay, I know that this thing isn't 25 or $26 or whatever they were charging for it.
0: Yeah. But, um, kind of expensive on occasion.
2: Also, uh, um, I sort of asked Nick, and um, Blackwing, if he could just send them to me, and he did. So
1: I didn't have to pay for them at all, which is awesome. So all and you listeners me... out there, just just email Nick, and I'll just send yeah. you one. So
2: um, he let me pick the insides. So I got the um, the clutch, which you're supposed to use sideways, which I often do in lined. And have you guys seen what they look like Yeah. inside? How they have that center line? That's really interesting. I didn't know they had that.
3: Hmm.
2: It's When you open it up, it sort of looks like a steno pad. Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. I guess that's I didn't cool. see that, yeah. So I haven't seen that.
2: Yeah, and like, what, so I keep thinking these are expensive because when these came out, they were fifteen dollars for a set, and that was back when Field Notes and um, Write Notepads were ten. I was like, wow, that's a really big price jump. And then I forgot that everything's thirteen now. So fifteen is not that much more. But these notebooks are like really freaking nice. The quality control is good. The paper is amazing. The binding is nice. I don't know why I don't use these more often. But now I have three new ones, so that's hmm. awesome. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> and, um, you know, the other thing is, you know, the black ones are really cool and the white ones are cool. But them being soft and using graphite, they get really dirty. The gray has like a really interesting depth to it. They're kind of shark looking. It's really cool. See, which is, These yeah, are my
1: favorite. Which is cool because, like, you know, the 602s have that shark look to it. And in the pictures that I've seen of those gray notebooks, like, to, at least to me or the pictures I've seen, they look super flat. And so I was like, these don't feel like they would match it all but yeah when hearing you describe it makes it sound way closer looking to the pencil than i was expecting yeah
2: the the texture of whatever this um polyurethane is yeah really comes out in the uh gray like these are really freaking sweet i kind of feel like a jerk for not buying them but i'll use them up and buy some more it'll it'll work out yeah and also i think you've got
1: some too the pins Mm-hmm. those
2: are pins super cute pens.
1: yeah oh my god they're like the little, little enamel pins have you seen those? I haven't,
0: I haven't seen. I've seen pictures of them. Yeah. Lenore was having some serious FOMO over them.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. They have them at CW also. I don't
1: think they're going to go anywhere. I last thing I need is more pins. There's so many out there. <laughs> but <laughs> oh. but they are really they are really cute. I just put one on my safari jacket.
2: Yeah, I hid these for my kids because yeah. Charlotte really likes a pearl. But I think they're going to. I'll get them for for Christmas. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Henry likes a 602, and I'll take the extra MMX, so yeah. that'll work out. And um, also, in Black Notebooks, Field Notes came out with their winter edition. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you want to talk about that or save it for a winter edition episode? Um, Although, yeah. we may or may not ever get around to that with the holidays.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We usually skip a cycle for the holidays, which is a whole month. So, I don't know. Yeah, we'll... Let's let's save it, and if for some reason we don't get back to it, we'll just talk about it like later um, after everybody's already experienced it. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they never are going to go wrong with selling a black notebook. Like that's just sort of like an instant like seller for them. And this one just has a fun fun theme.
2: Yeah, and if if you live under a rock and don't know that they came out early, like go check them out. They're freaking sweet, and the video was really cool. Yeah, as the last few have been. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my very paperish. A fresh yeah. points. What do you got, <laughs> sir?
1: All right. Well, the first the first one, uh, all I ta- I typed in the uh, the doc was in-, in all caps, "silly putty." Um, <laughs> so I I don't know about you, two. Uh Well, actually, I know for a fact Johnny is, but like I, I don't know less. Are, are you a fidgeter?
0: I am indeed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I am definitely a fidgeter, and I have done things like um, I backed that uh, uh, fidget cube when it came out, which. Nice. I regret because <laughs> oh. it's, it's like, it's fine. It's just like, is a very prescriptive fidgeting method. Mm-hmm. Um, I fidgeted with the, with the spinners because like, you know, 2017 was 2017. <laughs> it was all the rage. <laughs> uh, they were the pop, pop sockets of 2017. Uh, I fidgeted with pencils, uh, mostly like that's kind of why I like started keeping it just on my desk, even when I wouldn't use it for a while. If I was just on my computer, I fidget with the pencil. Um, However, sometimes you find yourself uh, accidentally stabbing yourself when you fidget with a pencil, <laughs> and uh, comes with the territory. Yeah. So, a, a long time ago in college, I used to uh, fidget with silly putty, and it's silly putty is such a great like, um, just just a really good material. Like I played with it when I was a kid. I used to love doing like imprints from newspapers and like the the comics on silly putty, and. It's just this, like, this kind of, like, gummy, non-sticky, plasticky thing that you can, like, like, push into shapes and kind of mold around and play with. And I, I loved it, like, when I was doing a lot of reading, especially. And I just realized, oh, hey, like, I'm an adult. Like, Silly Putty doesn't cost that much. So I bought, I bought a 10-pack of multicolored Silly Putty on uh, Amazon for, like, like 12 bucks. What? And, yeah. Did you get
0: the crazy errands? <laughs> the,
1: the crazy, wait, the crazy what? Crazy Heron's
0: but- Thinking Putty. Oh, no, yeah.
1: I, I got Silly Putty brand Silly Putty. but uh, yeah. so This is like millennial Silly Putty. Yeah, I need to get some of that.
0: I got hipster s- Silly Putty <laughs> in a little tin that I can carry around, uh, and mine is called Oil Slick, and it looks <laughs> like an oil slick.
1: Oh, wow. I, my kids I, bought some at Black Ink last time we were there.
0: Yeah, I think that's no. I, I got mine at another hipster store in Cambridge. <laughs> I'm
1: like, I'm like marginally aware of Thinking Putty, and I've definitely seen like the magnetic Thinking Putty when people put like metal things on it, and it just sort of like mm-hmm. envelops it like a like a amoeba or something. Um, I I think that's probably my next step. I think this is like the gateway to some Thinking Putty. Um, <laughs> but I yeah uh, i just i just love it like i i just like i'm actually playing with it right now and uh tip for those of you who may record uh podcasts and like to fiddle with things johnny gamber it's a uh, silent when you fiddle with it so
3: <laughs> i'm
1: gonna gun right now I, I may send you some silly buddy to fiddle with <laughs> yeah. instead of you sharpening your pencil during the show
0: <laughs> maybe i need to send something okay, to you too oh
1: that's right <laughs> um anyhow it's it's fun it's a good like kind of like analog thing um i um i just realized so uh katie's family has like a white elephant gift exchange for like it's it's always under like you want to do it under ten dollars and they always some people come up have a contest to see like what really wacky things they can come up with uh i just found out you can buy a pound of silly putty that comes in this giant oversized egg what? on uh like on amazon no like the silly putty egg you know it comes in a like an egg-shaped container Oh, they used to have pantyhose eggs that were like the size of an Oscar egg. Yeah, yeah. My grandmother would add them around. Oh, yeah. This is closer to that size. Um, But it's, it, awesome. it's it's a pound of Silly Putty, which is I want to say is like six or eight um, times the size of regular Silly Putty. So I'm very excited. You about could that. kill somebody with that. <laughs> Just bounce it off their head. <laughs> <laughs> so, How did daddy die?
3: <laughs> daddy Putty, a pound of Silly Putty, Peace. Yeah.
1: Death by Silly Putty, man. <laughs> um yeah so it's yeah, one way to go that's fun yeah <laughs> um met an erasable listener and a really great plumbago contributor um dan lilly uh, he goes by daniel lilly in plumbago he's a he's a writer um he wrote a really great thing about like his personal account of his dad who worked at IBM and sort of the respect that oh, yeah. I, IBM had of for pencils and for like stationery. Um, he's writing a really great. Uh, I, I can probably spoil it. Um, he's writing a really great piece this this time around um, collecting Schwinn bicycles. Um, Schwinn is oh, a yeah um, very collectible bicycle, and he just talks a lot about that. He's a really interesting guy. He was in um, San Francisco for. Uh, Thanksgiving, and we met up and had coffee and just talked. And yeah, he's a he's a cool guy. So whenever I whenever I meet an baseball listener, I like to just to just talk about it here. So if ever you have a chance in the group or elsewhere to talk to Dan Lilly, be sure to do that because he's super interesting. Uh, last thing I'll mention is um, uh, we spent our uh, day after Thanksgiving um, just organizing and cleaning and doing some like you know, pre 2019 like organization. And one of my big challenges was to take all of my stationery collection and go through it and try to reorganize it and keep it together um, and weed out stuff I didn't want. So I decided to uh, really weed out my uh, advertising slash souvenir pencil collection, which I had, I probably had like four or five big cigar boxes full of them. And I kept some of the ones that, like, had to do with Fort Wayne or had to do with, like, things that were close to me. Um, but the rest of them, I decided I'm going to put them in a flat rate box and send them to uh, Chris Jones to pick through and find ones that he wants to write about for Graphite Confidential. And then have, oh, him, do- awesome. have him donate the rest of them to C- CW Pencil's, like, um, vending machine. So, cool. you know, they have that like nice. ho- that, like... Vintage pencil, like vending machine. But man, I have so much junk. It's it's not even funny. I got rid of I got rid of some notebooks. I sent them to a teacher friend of mine, and I um I just realized how many duplicates of things I have. Um, and I also realized that so often what I don't do, uh, and I've heard Brad Doughty talk about this with his pens, um, is often when somebody like sends me stuff, I don't do any sort of like processing of them. <laughs> um. So yeah, I have uh, (laughs) so much stuff that I went through, but also still have. So um, yeah, if anybody uh, has an idea for like, and and that's a topic I want to like have for the future, Um, how how one organizes their pencil collection. Like, like do you organize it by manufacturer? Like, these are all my German pencils. These are all my Japanese pencils. Um, Les, you have a lot of a lot of different kinds of stuff, but you have enough stuff of one kind that you organize it in such a way?
3: Um, well,
0: I have. So I, I created a couple of rules for myself to keep things down to a minimum. Because yeah. I have an entire studio that I could pack full of crap if I really wanted to.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, but for pencils, I have it so that I can only have these two small drawers, which actually will hold... Um, uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of pencils in the box
3: uh-huh.
0: um, and once that gets full I donate anything that doesn't fit but um, yes. in terms of organizing it there's not really a right like I have all of my like Staedtler together I have all of the like European brands in one box and then all the um, Japanese and Asian brands in another drawer
3: mm-hmm.
0: Um So it's sort of sort of by country and brand, within those two drawers, and then I have random cups of things that are been sharpened.
3: Yeah, that
0: uh, I should probably start using.
1: (laughs) Oh man, the 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 random cups of things I found around my house. Like at at some point, and I don't know when, I took two random mugs of pencils and put them in a like storage box, (laughs) just like (laughs) mug and all. Like what was I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, There you
0: go. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. I'm going to end up taking some to work and just leaving them on a desk because stuff just disappears at work. Yeah. Um. Either by staff or clients, so uh, eventually pencils will just disappear. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> That's good. And then pens and things. I have just cups of pens. Yeah. But I... I don't. I don't seem to amass as many of those as I do pencils. Yeah.
1: I realized I. I had way more pens than I thought. Like I, I sort of like subconsciously collect them. But I sort of realized that for years I have been uh, stealing. So at restaurants, I've been like, if they have like their brand, the restaurant brand on a bit click, I'll take it. Uh huh. And what I what, what I usually do is I if if I like had a good relationship with the server, I usually like tack on an extra five dollars to the tip and I have a little note that says, "Because I stole your pens, your your pen." <laughs> So I, I realized that yeah, I have probably like almost a dozen bit clicks that have restaurant brands on them.
2: <laughs> hmm,
1: some of them are really cool though. Yeah. They'll get a good combo. Yeah. yeah. Do do you all have um Buca de Beppo's? Do you know what that is? The what? No. Buca de Beppo, it's like an Italian chain.
3: No, um, no.
1: We I, we don't have them around here, but my sister has them in Orlando and they had a pen with their brand with their name on it that was a skillcraft pen. Um like the kind used by the US government? Nice. Yeah. And I, I, I when I saw it, I, I was in Orlando visiting my sister and we went to go pick up some food and I signed with my uh signed my credit card slip and I was, I was so excited, I was like, this is a skillcraft pen. You never see this. This is the pen used by the like US government. And I, I got the same look that I think your librarian gave you less, like <laughs> like okay, freak. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> yeah. <And> Weirdo <laughs> Luckily they were just like you can have it if you want. <laughs> I was like, okay. So enthusiastic. Kitty was just like, shut up. Um, oh, what is this link you're sending me, Johnny?
2: Uh-oh. So in in Baltimore, there's a thing called Big Boy's Bail Bonds. <laughs> they're these really garish pens. They're like a knockoff of a Bic clip, big clip, and they're yellow with pink accents. Uh-huh. And they're like such a big thing. People will dress up as them for Halloween. Or like, there's a car that they, the company drives around that's designed after their pens, and they were selling them because they're so popular. <laughs> and they're they're really nice. They have a fine blue refill.
1: Yeah, I, I like how yeah. the, the entire website is to order to order pens, and I click on order free pens, and it says, due to the overwhelming demand for our pens, yeah. we are no longer accepting online orders at this time. <laughs> I uh, I might have sent
2: you some. I think they come tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I'll send you some too, Les. If you're interested, they're they're really cool pens. I was at an event and I got like twenty of them.
0: I'll <laughs> never say no to free pens. They're <laughs> they're
2: like surprisingly good pens. The, the part of my problem. Great. Yeah, I was going to say that'll be your downfall. Yeah, the clips break off, but yeah. they're they're so ugly and they write so well. You're like,
1: ooh,
2: <laughs> this is all I need.
0: Oh, that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> all right, so. um I think that wraps up for Fresh Points. Um, before we uh, in, jump into the main topic, I'm going to um, just talk about our sponsor a little bit. Um, so, um, yeah, this episode is sponsored um, for the third time um, by the good people at Indefensive Paper. Uh, they make really high quality notebooks uh, that are sourced and manufactured in the US. Um, each notebook contains 200 pages of high quality paper. Uh, with a really high-quality vellum finish that, um, you know, usually vellum is not great on pencil, but this has been tried and tested by us, and uh, pencil looks great on it, um, especially a darker pencil. Um, the notebooks are available with either a ruled or a dot grid page, and every page is blank on one side of it. So uh, some people really hate using the other side of a notebook page. Uh, I myself actually like like using that blank side as more of a freeform side. Um, like a few other notebooks that are out there, um, the Blackwing Slate, for example, uh, they have an expose, uh, exposed elastic spine uh, that really makes it lay flat really well. Um, it won't fight against you as you write in it. Um, this is super lay flat, I would say even more so than a Baron Fig confidant. Um, it just sort of like instantly starts off that way. Uh, and the cover is uh, available in um, three different colors. Um, I really love the, uh, the gray color, which is called the Slate um in fact uh johnny and i both uh both got the slate colors ourselves because it's so good looking uh, but they also come in ember which is a well ember color um with a, like a kind of a burnt orange with a with a bright pink spine and then also granite which is a black cover and a kind of like off-white light gray spine so um yeah great colorways on these things uh, and they're fabric brown, which is one of my very favorite things in um, in notebooks. That's one reason I love the Confidant so much, is it's fabric brown. And this is what really attracted me to uh, the the Paper notebook. Um, and as Johnny said, it has a really cool little imprint on it, um, which is like a – what would you call that, Johnny? Like a geometric line drawing of a bird?
2: Yeah. It's sort of like – I don't know. It looks like um, if someone was doing a beginning like 3D animation class.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, looks really cool, like a wireframe of a bird. Yeah, uh, I
2: always say it would be a cool tattoo. I, yeah. I stick by that. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Um, so they've been really kind, uh, and they're offering Erasable listeners a $5 discount off a purchase um, just in time for Christmas uh, or Hanukkah or whatever gift-giving holiday you you celebrate. Uh, just head over to indefensivepaper.com slash erasable uh, to check those out. And if you're interested in buying, use the offer, card, offer code Erasable to save that $5. Now remember Erasable is spelled E-R-A-S-A-B-L-E. Uh, we encourage you to at least go check them out and show their support for these notebooks and for our podcast by that, going to that, um, that link indefensivepaper.com slash Erasable. And again, um, use the offer code Erasable to, uh, to purchase and save $5 on your purchase. Uh, so thank you so much to Indefensive Paper for sponsoring the Erasable podcast. So um, yeah, let's jump into our main topic um, so every year, uh, thousands of people around the world sign up for Nanorimo or National Novel Writing Month. Um, I think we've talked about it here every time November hits. Um, yep. And, and they I... agree to throw out their regular hobbies, sleep, caffeine limits, and even basic hygiene, Johnny, <laughs> to pound on a novel in <laughs> 30, I haven't shaved in a while. <laughs> in 30 days. So um, just on the cusp of last week, of the last week of November of, of Nanorimo. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about how this year has gone for um, for Johnny and for our guest and what we might be able to put into practice to improve the experience results next year. Um, so while we don't have to get into plot secrets and character spoilers, unless you want to, uh, let's talk a little bit about, about the process. So um, I will disclaim and, and say that I—we um, were talking about this earlier— I just don't have the—my like, brain doesn't work in the right way to write a novel. Um, maybe someday I'll maybe try to write some other really long-form thing this way, but— for the moment, like I just can't like plot out a novel and then like I can barely write a short story <laughs> or a poem, but uh, someday um, so um as we talked about before, uh Les is done she did it um, i don't know we 'll see if you keep going or not, but Johnny's almost there um, why do you why do you both participate in such a really challenging ende- endeavor for each November? Um, and we can take it in whatever order you want. But if less, if you wanna, if you wanna start, I'd be interested to hear what you sure. think.
0: Sure. Sure. So for years, I, I learned about nano really early on when I was first starting to blog, and I really wanted to participate, but I really got my, let my inner critic take control and talk me out of it. And three years ago, I did my first nano with pencil in composition notebooks, and it went way better than I expected. It was not easy. It's actually really, really hard to write 1,667 words by hand every day. Mm -hmm. Um, But I found that I really liked it. I enjoyed the process of writing a novel, and I totally pantsed it that first year. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I'm going to write this story about, uh, I think it was like elves and witches and stuff. And it was crap. I mean, utter garbage. But (laughs) I had so much fun doing it that I was like, I'm going to have to do this next year.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. So, quick, uh, quick bragging point on my on my end. I um, actually have met uh, Chris Beatty a few times, the founder of NanoRamo. Oh, cool! He works. He does the type of thing that I do professionally at Dropbox. And he. Awesome. Yeah, cool. he's he's really cool. I just sort of like found out by coincidence that that was him. I was like, oh my god, you're the NanoRamo guy. He's like, yeah, we talked a lot about Alpha Smarts.
0: Nice. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Johnny, why do you why do you do why why do you nano? Uh, um, so I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast before, yeah. but
2: um, I went to Goucher College because there was a an undergraduate there who got like a this was in the '90s a quarter of a million dollar book deal. So wow. they they had a really good writing program, and so far as I know, they still do. And I went to college to learn how to be a writer. And when I got there, um, so did lots of other kids. So I chickened out. <laughs> Competition and majored in philosophy, because you know, that's easy. And um this is my throwback to what <laughs> I would much rather have done with my late teens and all of my twenties. Hmm. And also I hate myself. So
1: it's never too late to <laughs> like go back to was hard. Get another degree, Johnny. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Be that guy.
2: Yeah. What did you it? major in?
1: Get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so talking a little bit about the process um of actually drafting the novel. Um Let's start with you Johnny. How how did you how did you work on it this year? So
2: um in the past I was using uh composition books because I really liked the um you know sort of big uh canvas and this year I picked up some decomposition books because those things are cute or sexy depending which one you get. But um so this year I found a book in my stash of notebooks that my mom gave me for Christmas this year of Hogwarts which um it was like an A5 moleskin style notebook, so I've been using that. And I started with um, some burgundy and brown gel pens, which match the book, which is brown, and it's, you know, November. And quickly, it was like, nah. So then I was using pencils, and I've sort of been jumping around between different pencils and different pens because you know, if you use the same thing for too long, your hand hurts, yeah. and you'll switch to a slightly fatter pencil, and you're good. Then you're like, nah, I'm going to use a ballpoint pen for a while. So yeah. I'm... Using one book and many things to write with.
1: And Johnny, this is one of those situations where, like, you become much more like, like, uh, what do I, what do I say? Like, pen become much more inky, right? Like you, you've done, you've done nanorimo with gel pens before, right?
2: Yeah, I think in 2014 I used all gel pens. In 2016 I only used pencils, which was fun. Last year I was using the dime novel books from Field Notes, which is it's a little rough for pencils so i was switching around a lot last year and like i i find you know if you sit down you're like ooh, this feels good you're more likely to write a couple hundred words with it yeah
1: and and, and why gel pens
2: um i don't know. I just like gel pens but right. i've been i think most of it has been ballpoint pen yeah. i don't know hmm. like dirty words i tonight i was using a or today i um zebra f402 which is their steel pen with the um Rubber grip, because the end of the month, my hand just like
1: hurts like hell all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Les, how about you? (laughs) What is your process for writing?
0: So I start with a composition book and pen and pencil with just ideas. I jot down a lot of information or ideas about the characters, and then I do a quick series of writing out what I think I want to have happen in the novel. And kind of write out a loose outline in that composition book. In the composition book, I call I end up calling it my novel bible. It's I carry it with me everywhere <laughs> while I'm while I'm writing and working on that novel. Um, and then I move into Jotterpad and I create a much looser outline within Jotterpad because I can open it up on my phone. And so I don't I I don't know if I've talked about this on any of the podcasts yet, but when I get to work. If I arrive more than seven minutes early, I can't punch in yet. Mm. And I'm one of those neurotic people that I show up 20 minutes or 15 minutes early for everything, including work. Oh, yeah. So I have usually like 15 to 20 minutes that I have to burn before I can punch in. So I'll open up Jotterpad on my phone and I'll work on one of those outlines sitting next to the time clock while I wait for my time to punch in. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> so Jotterpad has been really, really good uh, where uh, for me to be able to open it up and just punch ideas in about characters and the outline then I take that and I work on it a little more like I tighten it up a little bit I print that in advance and work between jotter pad and dropbox as I type things up I don't write with pen and pencil the entire novel anymore it's I've developed some pretty severe carpal tunnel in my right hand Mm. and I just can't do it it doesn't bother me when I use a keyboard but when I use a pen or pencil and a mouse like my, my at the end of the day at work my hand is like a claw um and, and basically everyone complains cuz everything is illegible like i can't <laughs> like i like it turns from chicken scratch into chicken droppings <laughs>
3: um,
0: <laughs> it's just terrible um, so that's my that's my process the basic process
1: yeah um and so what what i'm really interested in um less is you you've been uh at least noticeably this year you've been doing something really interesting to Kind of like hold yourself accountable to the daily goals um, kind of throughout like various stationary communities. Do you you want to talk a little bit about what you've been doing this year?
0: So one of the things that I did, and I didn't start Manuscripting Pod for NaNoWriMo, but Manuscripting Pod has been basically I do this – this weekly check-in with myself and I take between, you know, eight and 15 minutes and kind of explore whatever's going on with my writing and what's going on in my head and put it out there. So it's kind of a neurotic little exploration of my procrastination tendencies and low motivation.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, And I, 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 apparently some people like it because I've got people who follow it and listen and comment and send me notes to say that they've been listening. Um, but in terms of word limits, like I, what I realized very quickly, um, and this goes into some of your, um, future questions is that the word limit is less important to me than the amount of time. Mm. So I found that I can actually, with the combination of an outline and those character studies that I do, I can churn out an astonishing amount of words in 25 minutes.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, because I know the characters well enough, I know that you know if character A says some, something to character B, character B is going to say something very specific back to that other character. Yeah, I that, also know what's going to happen. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and that's something that I've always been a little bit confused with with NaNoWriMo Is it seems like like it's so focused on the actual,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like you know, writing of the like of the the novel itself. And like mm-hmm. it, di- it didn't really seem like it focused on like the, like the strategy and the plotting and the character development and all the like other writing, like I, I guess I would call it like strategy of the novel before mm-hmm. you even get there. Um, is that something that typically they expect to be done beforehand, and then the the actual November month is like just used doing writing, or do they account for that as well?
0: About at least in in my area, so every. Well, I should say every area, but a lot of locations have regional teams hmm. that will sponsor like prep events, and also on the Nanorimo website, there are prep events that you can join in on, and the whole idea of those prep events are for people who do Um, outline and prepare in advance you can take part in those events Um, and there are some pretty cool not prizes but like things you can cash in on bonuses
3: Hmm.
0: um, and software and and apps and things um, that help get help you with the preparation in advance but yeah yeah, typically the like all of that prep happens in advance because you don't count your outline towards your word count Mm. during Mm -hmm. the month yeah. although you suppose you can break the rules and you can do whatever you want there is an option for you to do whatever you want during Nanorimo
1: yeah that's cool and and Johnny how do you how do you motivate yourself um, you know you don't you you keep it pretty quiet online I guess but you do you just set time for yourself like during the day to do it or how, how do you do it um, I usually shoot for the
2: daily limit or the daily uh, target. And then, like, this year, I didn't get to write at all on the first day, so I started off behind. So I just try to keep myself um, at where I should be or ahead of where I am. Because I figured out that if I'm, like, you know, 400 words ahead, I'll write 400 words more every day and just, like, build it up.
3: Yeah.
1: And then there'll
2: be that one day I fall asleep after dinner and don't write at night. Yeah. But um, really, like, I don't know, like, 12 years of Catholic school. <laughs> like, self-guilt, like, I should be writing. <laughs> so... November is a month where I don't do anything at all like I don't read, I don't um watch movies. It's like this sleep and like children
1: <laughs> this
3: mm-hmm. sleep
2: and children, yeah, so like <laughs> Friday- and Friday night, I'm going out to dinner, so I'm like, yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i um I really like how um you know less you have kind of the manuscripting pod community and there's a couple other like little writing communities out there kind of in addition to uh something like r s v p which is you know, that, that kind of falls under the, and so much more category. Um, yeah. But you have, it seems like there's a lot of encouragement from a lot of people in those communities to just like, you know, keep yourself honest. And like, if you, you know, didn't didn't accomplish your goal for one day, you, you kind of like have to kind of explain why. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I just think that's fascinating. It's been really interesting watching you like, kind of like write in public this year.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's been an interesting thing that, I, I so I've never done that before quite as much as I have this year. Yeah. This year, like every morning, and I've actually been doing this consistently before NanoRimo where I, I post that photo of my word count and the post-it note with the word count. Yeah. Um and that like you know, then I, I add the hashtags on it. It lets people kind of give you support. Like there's the writers of Instagram, mm-hmm. writers community, and it's surprising at how many people will actually like like your photo and or say something nice when they haven't before.
3: Yeah, or like
0: someone totally out of the blue that you you have no idea who they are, will all of a sudden like one of your photos and say oh, something nice.
3: That's cool. It's
0: been really cool.
3: Yeah,
1: and um, yes, speaking of speaking of that a little bit, um, you know, less um, what part of your process has gone gone really well this year.
0: Um, the outline, the really like, the other thing is also like the consistency of writing and using timed sprints. Mm -hmm. I am a huge fan of the Pomodoro method. Mm -hmm. Um, whether or not that's 25 minute sprint or 10 minute sprint, 15, whatever it is that you do, Yeah. what has been really amazing to me is how much. I actually get done in 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 25. It's really amazing how much, how many words you can pour out if you, if you do that and you're racing against the clock and you kind of have an idea of where you're going with that. So the outline, um, and then those time sprints has just been really, really helpful at moving my, my novel forward.
1: That's really cool. And
2: Johnny, how about you? Um, so the, best thing this year has been uh the notebook i was using because um the last two years what i used was not so lap friendly and this year i'm finding myself just chilling in bed or sitting on the couch writing and not you know having to sit at a table because you know doing this by hand for a month like anything that'll take some strain off your neck or off your hand is copacetic and awesome
1: Uh uh-huh uh, but, um, yeah,
2: yeah the, sure. the, my biggest improvement has just been the book, and it was, just like, random. I saw it sitting there, and I was like, I don't know what else I'm
1: going to use that for. Yeah. And I guess I didn't ask you this before, Johnny. How much how much sort of, like, prep work or strategy work do you do before you just start writing? Or do you, or do you kind of, like, launch into it and, like, let it develop as you go?
2: Um, so in past years, I've started with um, an idea and at least a few characters and um, some idea of where I wanted it to go because... Um, one year when I did plot it out and spent a lot of time on that, I threw it all out and realized that I wasted a lot of time. Um, but this is speaking to the next question. Like this year, I didn't outline; I just had an idea, and that made it really hard to get going. Yeah, this year. Yeah. but it worked. It's working out. That's cool. Picked up. It picked up.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that next question, which is uh, which is what would you different do differently next year? And so Johnny would. Johnny would outline more next year um, when, he, when he was floundering. But, um, Les, how about you?
0: I, I think I would work on my characters a little bit more in advance. Like one of my characters starts out in marketing and then I realized that doesn't work with a novel. Mm. Uh, so I, I would I would map that out a little bit better. Um in advance of actually getting the writing done, because yeah. now when I do my edits, I've got to go back in the that first couple of chapters where she's talking about marketing it doesn't make a lot of sense so I'm gonna to have to rework that a lot
1: yeah yeah, so um, if this is if this is something you you don't want to talk about, um, we certainly don't have to, but um, in as much as you can or want to say um, the plot and the characters like. How much does the finished product reflect what you started off with? And if you like are they like with marketing, are are they the same characters? Is it the same plot that you sort of like sort of planned on at the beginning? Um Les, do you want to start?
0: Sure. So I um I decided to go off label. <laughs> if you will, in terms of what I'm writing. I, I usually stick to urban fantasy or suburban fantasy. Um, and this year I'm writing a romance novel.
3: Um,
0: uh, yeah, so it's, it's been a little different in terms of writing. but
1: She gently fondled the notebooks. <laughs> she,
0: she, she gently stroked the cover of the notebook. Jeez. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I'm going to get, I'm going to get laughing and I'm not going to be able to stop.
3: Yeah, sorry.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So anyway, so what's, what's been really interesting is that, um, I don't know if either of you have ever read romance novels, but they follow a very specific series of like, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. Yeah. And it's, it can be a little formulaic, but you can take that formula and you can twist it a little bit. So yeah. I think that what I've done with my... I've twisted it a little bit. There's a lot more depth to my, to the characters, I think, that I'm going for. Um, so it's a little more literary, but it's still a romance. Yeah. Um, but I think that I've really... like Those characters are still the same characters. I just realized that... Marketing wasn't going to fit for the story. Uh Um,
1: (laughs) I'm trying to think of a good, like, marketing, like, like she finished the editorial calendar and her eyes fluttered.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that just, it didn't work. Um, So anyway, it's like, it, it definitely stayed with the ideas that I had in terms of like, this is what the characters like, and this is how I'm going to push them forward. Here's how, like the wedge that's going to be driven between them to to make the final push towards the end, where they figure out the, that they're in love and they're going to get their happily ever after. Because if you do a romance novel without a happily ever after, you <laughs> will get like romance readers are one star savage. <laughs> they are. Oh brutal, I bet. Yeah. Savage reviewers. There's no happily ever after here. This isn't a romance novel. <laughs> um and <laughs> this is I do I do really I uh, this is going like going to be my first forway, foray into self-publishing. Yeah. So, it's going to be really interesting to like part of what I want to do with Manuscripting Pod is explore the self-publishing journey with the listeners and sort of say, so this is what happens now. This is where I am with the novel, um, so on and so forth. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens (laughs) in the future.
1: I'd be really interested in, like, you know, as you explore that, um, you know, checking in every now and then with somebody like Harry Marks, who, like, very intentionally is holding out for, like, going the more traditional published route. Um, I, I, yeah, I think that'll be a really interesting, like, Point-counterpoint kind of a thing, but for sure, like I, I read a lot of like genre science fiction, and like just as if the romance novel doesn't doesn't end like with a happy ending, the sci-fi novel, if it if it like you know has like inconsistencies or like factual inaccuracies when it comes to like some kinds of science, you get like you definitely get the well, actually, dude, bros coming out of the closet to like (laughs) tell you. well actually in this particular case faster than light travel wouldn't yeah just like shut up
0: <laughs> just enjoy the book yeah. damn it yeah
1: uh johnny how about you um i if if you don't want to talk about your your plot or your characters that's fine but i, I would love i would s- love to know yeah the finished product so
2: um this is my first attempt at science fiction
1: ooh
2: <laughs> i already said that so um i was writing or reading writing oh my god watching the film that was on netflix apparently it flopped called um, The Discovery with uh, Robert Redford. Yeah. yeah. And
1: Josh Siegel, did you guys see that? I didn't, but I I heard
2: a lot about it. No, but I
3: had heard about it. Yeah.
2: I mean, everybody said it sucked. I thought it was really good. So (laughs) Mm. the the, the movie is not about time travel, but it got me thinking about time travel. So um, I started out with um, a plot wherein um, time travel was a new thing and everybody could do it once. And then I realized that wasn't working for the story. (laughs) <laughs> so then they're like um, weird little subplots I didn't think were going to pop up. Like there's a lot of um, anti-religious sentiment to the narrative and um, a lot of gender issues, which were interesting to write about. And I hope I didn't butcher mm. being maybe, a
1: white man. Maybe, maybe there's some uh, <laughs> sensitivity readers you can, you can find to help you beta.
3: Yeah, I'm available.
1: <laughs> I'm going to hit you up. God, so, I uh, um,
2: yeah, I mean, so... When I, while I was floundering, I was sort of working on some um, like background exposition pieces that would sort of be narrated in later. And I came up with a set of characters that um, didn't really fit well for where I wanted it to go, but I made myself stick with it. So now the story is way different than I intended it to be, but I hope more interesting and definitely a lot more violent <laughs> and uh, dark. <laughs> like Every time I write something, it winds up being really dark. So about like the futility of human existence and how we ruin everything. Okay, philosophy, well, philosophy major.
3: Uh, Welcome
0: uh, to 2018. Yeah, <laughs> <The> reflection
1: <laughs> of our times.
2: Yeah. yeah so when um, yeah. when uh, the 2004 election happened, um, I had a non-pencil blog and I was predicting that existentialism was going to take back off, but um, it didn't. So, uh-huh. uh, so maybe we can help.
1: <laughs> now it's now it's a straight. Sorry, was right. <laughs> what's it's what's what's now like nihilism but like like nihilism mixed with like anarchism like just burn it all down it doesn't matter
2: yeah i mean i i'm the older i get the more i realize that nietzsche and sartre were pretty much right about everything (laughs) cool so So i i've been introducing my kids to nietzsche a little bit (laughs) like not even joking (laughs)
1: So so- relate, related to the last question, um, so within the actual like process of writing, um, what are some various surprises that you've encountered and Johnny, if you want to start
2: sure, um so you know, I co-host a pencil podcast and I have a pencil blog <laughs> so I was surprised by um there was a time. I guess it was like last weekend, I was sitting in a coffee shop and it was one of those days where I just didn't feel like being there and I was having some trouble getting started. And I would brought a few black wings and like a gel pen or two with me. The whole time I'm writing, I'm like, this is not working. I really want a freaking bit crystal. Hmm. So I went home, pulled out a bit crystal and wrote with it for like four or five days until my hand told me no more bit crystal for a while <laughs> and like took out a large, like you can really write a lot with one bit crystal. Yeah. Like, if you didn't lose them, a pack of those would totally last you a school year.
0: Hmm. Absolutely.
2: But, um, yeah, I found that surprising. I mean, I know I, that I like bit crystals, but it doesn't strike you as a write fast and legibly comfortably pen.
1: Yeah. that's. that's and it, it
2: was for quite a while.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Les, how about you?
0: I was really surprised at the amount of words that I could get done in a short writing session it really only like to get the 1,667 words that I needed per day it took about an hour hmm. wow that's,
1: that's, yeah that's, that's fast, that's interesting but
0: I, but I think it's it's having that outline and the structure because I know exactly like okay this section of the story has to lead to this and what I write during this session has to end up at a certain point um yeah huh so yeah i I don't know. it's like I wasn't expecting that, but also, I think the other side of it is also leading up to nanorimo. I started to write every day for twenty five minutes and wake up in the morning, make my morning coffee, sit down, and type for twenty five minutes on a, on my novel
1: that's cool and um what, what is your primary typing what like what do you type into les
0: so <laughs> I use a Kindle Fire, eight. Hmm. Um, so it's, a, it's it's the smaller size.
1: Are you telling me you just buy also, a free ride? No, <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> uh, don't get me started. Um, no. Um, so I use that with an Amazon Basics Bluetooth keyboard.
3: Hmm. It weird. pairs
0: seamlessly, and then at the same time, I have it. Paired up to a uh, Bluetooth speaker, so I got some tunes going, I got the, the keyboard going, and I just sit down with my morning cup of coffee. I have a couple of cups of I, I actually put my coffee into a thermos so that I don't break my flow. Um and I, you know, drink out of my Fire King jadeite cup and I have this little ritual twenty five minutes every morning.
1: I love that. And um and, and
0: it's good.
1: Yeah. And you use you mentioned it earlier, but you use Jotterpad, which that's like that that like kind of like minimalistic like Markdown editor, right? That's a
0: it is, yeah. and it, it well it does. You can do Markdown into it, um, but you can also they have a couple of other. Um, I think Journey is one their app, their other app.
3: Yeah, but it's
0: really clean. It's really simple. It's very easy to use. But what I really like about it is that it has typewriter mode. Mm. So I can only see about three lines of text clearly, and then the rest of it is grayed out so that you can, if you squint at it, you can see it, Uh, but it's not really in your face.
3: Yeah. So
0: I really like that. So that way I'm not, it also shuts off all of the um, looking, like the spell check and all the errors. Yeah. So it shuts all of that down. So you're just clean typing into this app.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I use a couple, various like apps for the Apple ecosystem that are a lot like that. Uh-huh. It's 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 so funny to me how like you know just like we we have to like get back to basics of this writing. Like mm. I can I cannot write into Microsoft Word anymore. Like I just can't I just can't do it. It's so, like too much stuff happening. So. I usually have to – like, even Google Docs is like there's just so much going on. I usually have to start in – I use one called Ulysses, which is very similar to that. And I yeah. have to, like, type into Ulysses and then copy-paste it into <laughs> into something else. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, like, the, uh, the problem that I do have with JotterPad or, or even Google Docs, once you get to a certain length document, mm-hmm. it starts to get really laggy. Oh,
1: uh, just a lot of um,
0: yeah. yeah, like around fifteen thousand words. So I have actually with this novel, I'm now at my uh, like doc four for it. Hmm. Um, so basically I hit around fifteen thousand, sixteen thousand words like finish that chapter, and then open up another document and start working into that. Yeah, and I've just keep I just keep doing that until I'm finished with the novel, and then what I do is I compile it all into. One big fat Google Doc, which Google Docs does not like, uh-huh. and then I also compile it into a Word Doc, which Word just has no issues with at all. Yeah, but
1: that's interesting. And and Johnny, you you have no in in no time does this like touch digital, right? Like you're just doing this straight into a notebook.
2: Yeah, and I realized the one that I did last year that I kind of liked, I lost. So oh no, <laughs> what? There's no. I mean, no. It's, it's somewhere, but I don't know where it is. But at least it's in pencil, so if it gets wet, it'll be okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if there are some ninjas with the erasers, I'm in trouble. But
1: yeah. so,
3: so I haven't so I, seen those around here lately.
1: <laughs> I guess that brings me to my my last point, which is um, Johnny. What's next? Like, what? What do you want to do? You want to keep it in notebook, or do you want to like turn it into something you can publish? Or what's up? <laughs>
2: So um every year I tell myself I'm going to kick it in December and then in the new year type it up. You know, see if it's any good or just, you know, for the exercise of doing it. Yeah. But um something always comes up. Somebody gets sick or, you know, I have another kid. But um this year <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Like, I'm going to start bullet journaling and like start holding my myself accountable. So I'm going to type this son of a bitch up. If I have to go buy a Chromebook that is only for this thing, that's what I'm going to do.
1: I'm I'm telling you, get a free write, and <laughs> I think they'll send this one to review. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I've actually reached out to what's his name, Adam Lieb, like a couple times and just never hear back. I'm I'm sure. Not that I like. Like I, I'm like morbidly curious about them. Like I really want to do like a side by side with an Alpha Smart, but mm. yeah. Um, speaking of, I mean, you could totally just do that, right, Johnny? Like you could just get a. Get, oh yeah, you
3: know, just eight, get an Alpha Smart. Get
1: an eighteen dollar like Alpha Smart Plus, and just like type that, and then beam it electro, beam it over Wi-Fi to your computer.
2: You know what? I guess every time I go on there and look at them, um, I want the clear one, but I realize that's not the newest one, and then I don't buy one.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice, and uh, Les, you talked a little bit about self-publishing, but what are you? Mm. Uh, what's next with with your draft?
0: So I need a, probably another ten to fifteen thousand words to finish it mm. to completely cap off the novel. Um, and then I mentioned this in the like the most recent episode of Manupod, but self-edit. So I use a couple of different online um, artificial intelligence editors. I use Hemingway, mm. and um, God, I'm blanking on the other one, but whatever. Um, you can listen to the Eight-minute episode of manuscripting pod. If you really want to know, uh-huh. uh, and it gives me kind of a good idea of where I am, like having trouble with my writing. It also it highlights like the longest sentences and things that are confusing. So that gives me like a good place of figuring out where I need to go with myself edits. So then I go through, I print it all off, and I get my red, blue color, uh pencils and my fancy fountain pens and I start marking it up and thinking about where like like all right so you know my character is in marketing at the beginning and then she needs to be in um coding in by like chapter 3 so I need to like fix that um so they're like making those kinds of notes on it and then typing it like going back into the novel and fixing things yeah then I'll send it off to a professional for edits nice
1: and you do you um Oh, what am I thinking of? Like beta readers or anything like that?
0: I will be. So the, I belong to a um, – what's the name of the um, group? So Lesfic Community on Slack. Um, and so there will be a bunch of people who will beta read for me in there and give me some ideas. Mm. Um, I've had a couple of people offer to beta read. So uh, – you know, and my wife will beta read as well. But of course, she's probably just going to say nice things. Although she is a brutal editor, <laughs> brutal. And I think it's just because she's an attorney. So um, I expect some, a lot of red ink on on it. So oh yeah, it'll be so definitely going to have some beta readers. be probably before I even send it off to a professional for edits.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, because you want to get that beta reading in before before you pay for editing. If there's a big problem with the novel, um, and like, so this. Um, reader community that i belong to it's readers and writers um romance readers are brutal and <laughs> they will say you know what you need to add this into your second act and by the third act you need to have this going on
1: yeah oh wow <laughs> that is brutal mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i um i see you sometimes like you know have tyroid- t- tirades um on twitter about the lesfic community yeah, which is which I think is is really interesting. Do you, do you find their like, you know, like regular like like broad genre romance um, readers to be like more brutal, less brutal than lesbic readers, or do you find that like, yeah, about the same?
0: I think it's about the same, but there's a little bit of difference. Like, I think that within the lesbic community, um, people because we're so underrepresented yeah uh, b- 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 see i'm stuttering now because we're so underrepresented in um traditional publishing that people are much more gentle mm. on on what's already published people don't want to say bad things about other authors and we're generally very very supportive of one another but when you ask someone to beta read yeah all bets uh, are off because yeah. you're asking them I want you to be a little mean. I want you. I want you to tell me what's wrong with my novel. Yeah. And so I think the gloves come off in that case, but even then, it's still kind and supportive. It's that's a cool. very very close knit community, and um, it's it's cool.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. We I remember we talked a little bit about um, some drama that was happening when I was a guest on RSVP. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, the cocky gate.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's actually been resolved. So um, the lawsuit went through and um, the romance writers of America won. It wasn't so much. They the greater community, I think, won the lawsuit. And the person who had um, filed for uh, the trademark on cocky uh, (laughs) dropped it. So they, they let it go and they're no longer harassing other authors. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I feel bad for that poor, like it was it was a misguided thing that she was doing.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, and I I think it's it's really damaged her career, yeah. sadly. um But she made a bit, she made a pretty silly mistake there, but yeah. it's been <laughs> resolved. And now That's like good. you can follow bots on Twitter to uh, explore like different things that have been like trademarks people like hmm. spurious like silly trademarks people are going after That's interesting. Like so someone someone tried to trademark space marine?
3: <laughs> space marine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which you can't really do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a that's, whole that's a whole genre in and of itself. That sure is. That's funny.
1: <laughs> space marine. <laughs> um Johnny, do you have plans post like do you have plans for self-publishing or looking for real publishers or is that way putting the cart in front of the horse?
2: Yeah. I mean, that would be pretty far off. Yeah. I'm going to, um, try to shape it up a little bit and see if it's even worth a lot of editing work.
1: Yeah. Cool. All right. So, um, before we, uh, before we sign off, is there any, is there anything about this topic that anybody wants to talk about that I just completely missed?
0: No, I think we've hit it all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, um,
2: one question. How do yeah. you stay uh, – I don't want to throw the word sane around, but how do you stay sane during uh, National Novel Writing Month? Because I have a little trouble.
1: You think this is sane? <laughs> <laughs>
0: do, 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 do. do I really sound sane, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. I, I think in part – like I like you, I give up a lot of things during NanoRimo, and I'm realizing now how much stuff I have to get back to. Um, like I schedule blog posts way in advance. That's all written way in advance. Um, but yeah, like basically like I stay sane by giving up a few things and knowing this is going to be a little nutty. Hmm.
1: How do you stay sane, Johnny? Um,
2: I don't know that I do, but, um, (laughs) if so, only just, you know, knowing that there's an end in sight that like, Uh no matter how bad it gets, November 30th is it then it's it's back to being able to re- shave
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess i have a follow-up question for you johnny do you look at writing as a form of self-care
2: um not this kind of writing no but um in general yes like that's probably like my main self-care but um this is like torture. Sometimes it's like, <laughs> "Oh my god, my hand hurts." Like my eyes are crossed and like, "Why am I doing this?" But it's fun and when you're done, you're like, "Holy crap, that was 2,000 words."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, But I'm
2: um, this is sort of like the opposite of self-care cuz then I start drinking too much coffee, which I know is not <laughs> good for me. I'm getting some flack for that. Like, you know, how much coffee do you drink? Is if you can't answer the question, that's not good.
0: <laughs> that's too much. <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't remember
2: changing the
1: subject. So, uh, <laughs> do so you guys I, hear that? No, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Cool. Well, um, Les, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun.
0: I've had a great time.
1: Yeah, and um, where 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 else can people find your stuff on the internet?
0: Uh, well, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at original LC Harper. You can find me on Facebook in the Erasables and RSVP and Manuscripting Pod uh, group. <laughs> a lot you of can, places. A lot of places. Basically, I'm all over the internet. Just follow the links.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll have uh, lots of links in show notes, but but for sure, like check out check out the RSVP Pod RSVP Podcast. It's really great, and I I really feel like you know a lot of people listen to Erasable for the conversation and for the chemistry between us us co-hosts and like 100% that's that's what it is with RSVP like they and they really do go a lot deeper on uh things that aren't just pencils uh, sometimes we do like i guess today we went deep on something that isn't specifically pencils mm. but um one of one of my very favorite RSVP episodes remains the one about chalk just because like <laughs> People have strong opinions about chalk.
0: (laughs) They really do. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Lenore, like most of all. So, um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Really great podcast. Link in show notes. Um, So, yeah. Awesome. How about you, Johnny? Where can people find you on the internet?
2: Um, You could find me at pencilrevolution.com and on
1: social media at
2: pencilution.
1: Awesome. And I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram as at A. Wellfley. And you can find my website at andy.wtf or uh, woodclench.com so uh, this has been the Erasable Podcast um, we are on the web at erasable.us you can find show notes for this episode and the uh, recording at erasable.us slash um, 108 already 108 episodes so far um, if you want to come take part in our community um, on Facebook, come to facebook.com slash groups slash erasable. From there, you can find links to stuff like the RSVP community, which is also really amazing. Um, Les is a uh, intrepid uh, moderator of both communities, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, as, at erasable Podcast. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, we would love a review that helps us helps us be seen and helps us um, be discovered by other people looking for, for good podcasts. Uh, our thanks again to uh, InDefensive Paper uh, for sponsoring this episode. They make high-quality notebooks sourced and manufactured in the U.S. If you visit InDefensivePaper.com slash Erasable, you can check them out. And if you want to save $5 off your purchase, you can use the coupon code ERASABLE. Um, Thanks again, Les. It's been a blast, and we will see you all uh, next time.
2: The intro music for the Erasable Podcast is graciously provided by This Mountain, a collaborative folk rock band from Johnson City, Tennessee. You can check out their music at www.thismountainband.com.